Welcome back to Yeah, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis. Season 5, Episode 4, Friendly Fire. Original air date May 7th, 2012. Fargo deals with Holly's death. Zane and Allison evaluate their romantic relationships after their experiences in the virtual reality. And a project threatens to ignite the town. Creators Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby, written by Amy Berg and directed by Mike Roll. She was a little bitchy last night. I really don't need to know that. Uh, she's probably just a little stressed. It's not every day you find out you're an evil AI overseer in an alternate Eureka. Hi, this is Vicky, and we're back for Season 5, Episode 4, Friendly Fire. First, I want to say that the audio on this episode might sound a little remotely because I bought a new phone, and usually I record Doug Gramley by my phone, which is hooked up to a speaker, and the new phones don't have the same plug as my speaker, which I just discovered this morning. So he might sound a little more uh, staticky remotely than usual. Sorry, we'll have one next week. (laughs) Like I said, I'm here with my co-host, Doug Gramley. Hey, how's it going? Okay. We're just going to get right into the episode. Season 5, Episode 4, Friendly Fire. This episode opens at the Smart House with Carter making breakfast for Allison, Kevin, and Jenna. Everything gets tense when Joe comes in. Joe does notice that Allison doesn't want her there. Sarah seems to be glitchy, but Andy writes it off as finding out she was an evil IA overlord in the Matrix. Fargo is required to go to grief therapy over the loss of Holly. It's bunny therapy, which Fargo wants nothing to do with. He finds out there's a patch that gets you through the stages of grief quickly. He opts for that instead of the bunnies. Joe and Carter talk about moving out. She doesn't know if she's going to stay in Eureka or not. She doesn't know if she's going to take her job back. She asks Carter why he's acting so weird and why Zane is so angry at him. Carter says it's nothing. Grace and Allison talk about the difficulties they're having readjusting to this timeline after living in the Matrix for more than a month. They get a call from Parrish's lab. He's angry that Zane is moving all of the Matrix equipment into his lab. They struggle with a cart of equipment and a fireball escapes. According to Parrish, this is a fire suppression unit, but he's been experimenting with it so it can also be used for controlled burns. He believes that there was some sort of signal interference, most likely from the equipment Zane moved into the lab. The hunt is on for the firefly. I'm going to say that as much as humanly possible which seems to act differently at times, for no apparent reason. Carter does not listen to Parrish and splits the firefly into two, creating an additional firefly to retrieve. And they are now out of GD and in town. Henry and Joe discuss their feeling of being on the outside looking in, since no one will tell them what they did in the Matrix except that they were bad. One firefly is captured easily by Joe and Henry. The other wreaks havoc when Carter and Zane try to catch it. Fargo is going through the stages of grief rather quickly. What's your problem? You. You're my problem. You're everyone's problem. This is all your fault. If it wasn't for your incompetence, none of this would have happened. I mean, big surprise, right, guys? Another Isaac Parrish experiment failed? Must be Tuesday. Fargo. What? What's with you? An hour ago, you're making jokes. Now you're a raving lunatic. Don't you want to see a (laughs) lunatic? What did you do? Fargo. I didn't know you smoked. I don't, you idiot. It's a trauma patch. I got it from the guys in the bereavement lab. It's helping me cope with my grief. Oh, yeah, you are coping all right. Anger. So you're, you're, in, you're in the anger phase before you were in what, denial? Cheating the stages of grief? 
Oh, congratulations. One step behind Carter, as always. Hey, it is not worth it. And at one point, announces that Carter and Joe were a couple in the Matrix. If this doesn't destroy us, some other disaster will. It's inevitable. What's with Fargo? Depression stage, I'll explain later. It's fate. All these crazy experiments. It was bound to end at some point. I think we make our own fate, Fargo. You're adorable, but wrong. Everything is predetermined, just like you and Joe. What's he talking about? For nothing. You and Carter were doing it in the Matrix. What? Yes, but let's talk about that later, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Carter and Joe never really get to discuss it, but Joe is shocked. Allison is attacked by the fireflies seeking heat sources. She escapes her car just in time. The town was ordered to power down, but Sarah did not get that message, and Vincent argues that he has a new pizza oven and a party to put on. The Fireflies head for the smart house. Joe and Carter rush to save Jenna and Kevin from the fire. Carter and Henry figure out at the same time that the Z-waves are coming from anyone who is in the Matrix. After Allison's examination, Fargo is made to give up his grief patch. Because the rest of the Astraeus crew is attending the grand opening of Cafe Diem, they assume that the Firefly will head there as the rest of the town is powered down. Using Carter, his Jeep, and a generator, they try to lead the Firefly out of Cafe Diem with his Jeep. This does not go as planned, but Joe and Andy pull up, and Joe captures the Firefly with the net gun that Zane invented in the Matrix. Carter thanks Joe and tells her that she should keep her job and stay in Eureka. Allison and Grace investigate the records to see if the Z-Waves will have any long-term effects on the crew. Allison also tells Grace once again that she needs to talk to Henry about the Matrix. Just then, Henry comes in, and Grace agrees to talk to him about it, but we don't hear the conversation. In the end, Allison asks Joe to stay in Eureka. She knows that the town, Carter, Zane, and her family need her. Zane gives Joe an ultimatum, make a decision or it's over, because he can't go on with this back and forth. Joe chooses to stay in Eureka and work on the relationship with Zane. The last person we expect to feel for Fargo and help him through his loss, Parrish, visits Fargo, and they play Dungeons and Dragons. So, what did you think of that episode? Yeah, it was okay. I think it was a little annoying. My biggest takeaway was Vincent offered pizza to people like three times, and each time they refused it. And, I don't know, I love pizza, so if someone's going to offer me free pizza... Even at 9 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. (laughs) That didn't really make sense to me. Vincent, are you excited about the party later? Are you kidding? I have been waiting a month for this. And a grand reopening celebration is exactly what the town needs right now. Agreed. Oh, here. Try this. Pizza? No. (laughs) It's nine in the morning. I know, I know. I'm testing settings on my new oven. It's wood-burning and completely carbon neutral. Ha! Old school. Like it. It wasn't one of those cases where he was having a, well, maybe it was actually, where he was having a party and something happened, like he had to get rid of a hundred pigs in a blanket. Yeah. It, yeah, it didn't seem to be one of those scenarios where he was uh, forcing food on people. Yeah, but get, it's weird because it happened more than once. So I don't know if there's like a story behind it. Maybe somebody offered somebody the slice of pizza on set and they refused. So they wrote it into the story. I don't know. But it happened like more than once, like yeah. twice. And it looked like good pizza. Well, it's his new pizza oven too. Right. That was your biggest takeaway. I just found it funny that Vincent is the one telling Henry to give it time since they don't know what the crew went through in the Matrix. Yeah. When Vincent's the one who always has to know everything and something that important, you would think he would be dying to know what happened. Yeah. At the same time, you look at him, you're like, dude, you're the town chef. What kind of knowledge does he have of any of this? 
He doesn't, but he's also like the town bartender. Yeah. He listens to everything and he seems to know everything or seems to want to know everything. And then he spreads that around the town. Do you know what I mean? Right. I thought the bunny therapists were creepy. Didn't they seem like cult members or something? Yeah. They made them way too creepy. (laughs) You know, if that came across my desk as like the uh, director of GD and I was you know, I saw how much money was being spent on bunny therapy. I feel like that could be done someplace else. You don't need GD to figure out bunny therapy. Oh, I know. So, every time I watch this, I'm confused. About Joe and her job. She's in her office working and complaining about everything that she has to do. Yeah. Since she was gone. But then she says that the DOD offered her job back, but she doesn't know if she's going to take it. So why is she there? Why, why is she, she there? Why is she working? I don't know. Who took her place when Nobody. she left? Nobody. 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 She I just feel like there should have been somebody. Right. And she's complaining she about place. everything was left for the last month or however long she was gone yeah. that she has to catch up with. But she doesn't have to catch up with it because she doesn't work there. She hasn't decided to take her job back. That never made sense to me. Right. And then we finally hear about Joe's house. Apparently it is still a thing and it's almost done again. Yeah. So she's going to move there if she decides to stay. Which I'm getting really tired of hearing about. Disco or whatever. Yeah. This whole episode, though, reminded me of when my wife has a bad dream and I do something wrong in her dream. And then she wakes up and she's mad at me. I thought the same thing. That's what it's like. Yeah, because these people are all acting weird around Joe and uh, Henry or, you know, anybody else that was not in the Matrix. Right. Because of what happened in the Matrix. I'm just, you know, talk to them. Well... Carter's having a hard time because he doesn't want it to be awkward with Joe, I imagine. He yeah. just thinks he could brush that off. Grace, she killed Henry, and he tried to kill her. And they lived there for a month. I mean, they were in there a long time. Like Grace says, it's hard to separate. Like you said, even when you wake up from an, a bad dream, I could be pissed at somebody. And it takes a long time to get over it. Yeah. You know, it was a dream, but you're still pissed. So yeah, that scenario is absolutely perfect for this. But you know what I also find confusing is that Joe really isn't able to figure out what happened in the Matrix. I mean, she knows Zane is pissed at Carter. Carter can't look her in the eye, she said, and he's acting weird. And Allison wants her out of the house. So, I mean, you put two and two together, you could figure out at least some of it. Yeah, for Zane, that should be uh, be a little comforting, knowing that that thought has never even entered her mind. It wouldn't even be, uh, you know, remote possibility of something like that happening but as he says to carter later somewhere along the line this was just not something that was made up it was scientific she uses an algorithm to figure out all the possibilities and carter's reaction was was perfect where he says i don't know what that means in general that means that if all of that happened in real life if allison died and zane died joe and carter would end up together which makes perfect sense But that's nothing to be mad at. All those things have to be in place before that would happen. Yeah. You know, and to be mad at Carter about it is weird. To be mad at Carter because he kissed her and he saw her naked is weird because Carter's standing there. He doesn't know she's going to drop a robe. What is he supposed to do at that point? Yeah. You know, (laughs) blind himself. He's already seen it. Some of the people who are mad at each other, I find it ridiculous. And some of it, I do understand it, like Allison... At first, I thought she was just uncomfortable and mad at Joe, but as she says to Grace in the park, when Grace says Carter doesn't think of Joe that way, but now he will. Not that he's going to want to be with Joe, but now it's put it in his head, so that's a thought now. Yeah. 
And I think it is, by the end, the way Joe looks at him and before she kisses Zane, I think it's put it in both of their heads. Not that they're going to act on it. Not that they're in love with each other, but it's put that idea in their head and it's never been there before. Yeah, I I mean, going back to the beginning of the, of the series, I always thought that those two would make a good relationship only because they're so opposite. True. And I thought that that would be like a good dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I know you like Carter and Allison. Well, I think they set us up for Carter and Allison since the beginning. Yeah, but I, I always thought going back, I mean, now I wouldn't want that for them. I would yeah. want Joe and Carter to be, end up together. I think if they didn't set us up right at the beginning, then because they did, they set us up in the pilot episode, you pretty much knew he, he, he liked her. Yeah. So if they didn't set us up for that, yeah, I would agree. Now it's weird. Now it doesn't work. When they're chasing the firefly around... Now, did they actually call it Firefly yes. in the episode, or is that your... Uh, no. They did? They did. So, we have a fireball on the loose and no way to track it. That's great. Actually, I prefer the term Firefly. Its mobility is its defining characteristic. Oh, oh good. Don't you remember they kept yelling at him because he kept correcting them? Because they kept calling it a fireball? Fireball on the loose. Actually, it's not a fireball. It's a... Oh, we, we know! Yes! We know... Okay, yeah, yeah. So what, did you, like, block that? <laughs> no, I, I wasn't thinking along the lines that you were, but then of when co- you mentioned it, I said, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> Just for those listening, Dud Granley is probably the only person on Earth who hates Firefly, the series. I just didn't get the Space Cowboys thing. <sighs> You're being too literal. I just didn't get it. I'm sure I just made a lot of people mad. You did. I'm sure you did, too. There's one funny scene with Zane and Carter, and... I think it started in the last last episode. Zane and Carter's interactions, I mean, at the beginning, you know, they hated each other and Zane would make fun of them or whatever. But now they're really funny. When Carter went into the Matrix and had to try to prove to Zane that he was Carter, he's just incoherently trying to explain everything. Zane just looks at him and says, nobody could be that incoherent. They're just funny, and in this one, Zane asks Carter if he's told Joe yet, and Carter says it's not important, and Zane says something about, yeah, just staring at her all creepily. (laughs) Better idea. So this is weird. Yep. I'm going to call in Henry for backup. Come on. You haven't told her, have you? It's not important. No, you're right. Staring at her and acting all creepy. Much better plan. They just make me laugh. Well, it's the same interaction that Carter would have with uh, Stark, you know? I think that this is kind of like that relationship now. It is, but I think that they get along better. Yeah, there wasn't as much animosity between the two of them. Yeah, and they're just funny. Okay, my favorite part of the episode is finally Zane puts his foot down and makes Joe make a decision. Yeah. I think that Joe keeps saying she has all these things to think about, but we don't know what all these things are. I don't think she knows what all these things are. This could go on forever because she doesn't seem to be thinking about working out all these things that she thinks she has to work out. She just keeps saying it. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe part of it was she was waiting to see what he would do. Yeah, maybe. But I'm glad he finally put his foot down because this could go on forever and she's not being fair to him. I liked when they were talking how you could see Carter in the background. So I'm glad she made a decision. My second favorite part was Parrish and Fargo at the end. That was great. Cheaters never win. That's probably why I am stuck down in non-lethal weapons, and you are up here in this big, stupid, ugly office. 
She told me that she wasn't into role-playing. Well, in her defense, you were playing the part of an asshat. Touche. Do you want to play? Only if I get to be an elf. What's well, fine with me? I'm not a girl. Yeah. Just yeah. I thought it was predictable. You did? Yeah. No, I didn't. It was building up to that before, you know, the end of last season. You know, Fargo and him became a little more civil. So it was building up to, you know, I feel like that their relationship was going to change. Yeah. I felt like it was going to happen, which is nice. I don't, I'm not against it. <laughs> yeah, that was probably my favorite part of the episode. And then the part with Joe and Zane was probably my second favorite part of the episode. Yeah. It was a good episode. Yeah, it was. Like I said, the only thing that really bothered me was the pizza. <laughs> Try this. Pizza? No. <laughs> it's nine in the morning. I know, I know. Uh, I wish I could, but I really should get back to the office. Fresh pizza. <laughs> no, I'm good. So, are you excited to be up and running again? Well, it's not exactly the grand reopening extravaganza I had in mind. I feel like if someone's going to offer you pizza, you should at least try it. I mean, unless it looks like just the most disgusting thing you've ever seen, but this actually looked pretty good, and I love what burning ovens. See, now you got me thinking. Now I'm trying to think if there's something about that, like maybe in future episodes, but I can't think of anything. All right, did we miss anything that you wanted to talk about? No, I don't think so. We record ahead of time, but at the time of this recording, Doug Gramley has just returned from the Hallmark, what do they call it? Christmas con. There were no Eureka people there, unfortunately. <laughs> there were a lot of people there, so maybe somebody was hiding in the crowd, but I, I don't believe that I saw anybody that I recognized. Off the top of my head, Colin Ferguson does Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah. Zane does Hallmark Christmas movies. And Andy does Hallmark Christmas movies. And I can't think if any of the other cast, off the top of my head, has been in any. What did you think about it? Well, this was my first experience at a con, I guess. Yeah. I heard that word floating around a lot. Some people are saying, oh, I go to all the cons, which, you know, I mean, if that's your hobby, that's fine. So this is my first experience at it, and uh, it was fine, I guess. That's not my scene. I went because my wife got tickets and she wanted to go, so we went, and I was a good sport about it. <laughs> and I waited in line to take pictures with people. I waited in line so she could walk around. <laughs> And then when it was time to actually take the photo with the person, she got back in line, and I got out of line. Well, that was nice of you, though. So, yeah, I was basically, I was just holding her place in multiple lines uh, all day. And, yeah, there was a lot of people. I think it got thrown together rather quickly. So I anticipate next year is going to be a little more organized. But it seemed like everyone was having a good time. Maybe everyone next. was in the holiday spirit. A lot of people wearing festive sweaters and outfits and stuff well next year if you hear about it it's definitely happening next year they're talking about adding more dates and more sites to it so i wouldn't be surprised if they start doing them on the west coast i think they were going to do it again in new jersey yeah but I, I mean i wouldn't be surprised if they start doing them all over i mean there were people in the parking lot there were cars from canada oh yeah yeah i mean there were people all over a friend of my wife's that drove up from south carolina to this thing well, like I told you before, DC would have loved to meet Sabrina, or Melissa yeah. Hart. He would have loved to meet her. And maybe next year some Eureka people will be there. Yeah, I bet you next year they'll be even bigger. Yeah. I bet you a lot more people end up showing up. 
Well, I'm glad you weren't tortured and you had a good time. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was it was fine? Could have been worse. <laughs> oh, it definitely could have been. Like I told you, the one we it wasn't Hallmark, but it was a regular Comic Con in Rhode Island was the worst thing I've ever been to in my life. Yeah, they could just unorganized. You know, you get go to one that's unorganized, and it's like torture, and you just want to leave, but you spent money. Yeah, I guess if it was um, people that I were interested in seeing and I had to wait in line for it and then I think it would have been more bothersome for me yeah I think I would have had uh, probably not as good of a time um, but because you know you were just the placeholder I was uh, yeah I was just a placeholder I was a peg <laughs> all day and she just kind of kept on thinking like and people kept on coming up to me asking me whose line are you waiting in I didn't know who this guy was I said oh I'm like that guy in the corner over there <laughs> Was there anything else about the Comic-Con? That... Um, no. No? I don't think so. Okay. I keep calling it Comic-Con. Christmas-Con. You know, Christmas-Con, that's it. Christmas okay. Con. All right. So, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. All of Eureka's powering down. I am not canceling the party. We're not asking you to. We just need you to turn off the ovens. Then what am I supposed to serve? Have you considered an ice cream social? Okay, DC. Tell us what's next. Join us next time for Season 5 of Soul 5. Mom's favorite check of all trades. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch. Or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play. It's not working. Uh, it's not working. Give me that. Give me. No, it's not working.